0: Um, I was saying a few weeks ago I think it was how there's all these different ministries and things I wanted to get back going in the church again but the number one thing in my heart I feel like God's saying is we need to get back to prayer we're called to be a house of prayer, amen Jesus said my house would be a house of prayer for all nations in 2 Chronicles 7.14 it says if my people, that's the church will humble them who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. What a promise the Lord gives us here, amen? What a promise. If we humble ourselves and pray, seek his face, turn from our selfish, wicked ways, God will forgive people, and he'll heal our land. That healing of the land could be our, the physical land because, you know, we've been redeemed for the curse of the law, but nowhere in the Bible does it say the land has been redeemed for the curse of the law. That does it. Okay, that's why all of creation is so groaning for the sons of God to be manifested. But it says if we humble ourselves, then he's going to heal our land. This could be physical healing of the land. It could either mean where we're parts of land and place of land are redeemed from curses, where the ground has been cursed due to the fall or idol worship or bloodshed, of the innocent or witchcraft, land can actually become cursed. And he says, when we humble ourselves and pray, God can heal the land. So it can mean that, but also can mean heal people. Heal people. And I know God cares more about the people than he does about land, but it can also be, mean both. If we humble ourselves and pray, God's going to do something healing, something miraculous among us to bring people back to himself. Guys, we are called to pray. I think Aaron and Julia did an excellent job last week on their message on disappointment. And I think some of the reasons why we've stopped praying, that's why when we have church history, if you look at churches, you begin to pray on Sunday mornings, you have 100 people, and prayer meeting you have 10. It's not just because people are busy. Some people just don't like to pray anymore. Because they have, their heart has been offended, they've been wounded, they've been disappointed, they've been discouraged. Well, my prayers don't matter. Why do they need me there for? My prayers don't do anything. Why do I need to be there? And you know, that is not the perspective that God wants us to have. Amen? I, I'm glad. If, you've, if you heard that message, if you didn't hear it, you can go back and listen to it online. It's on our Facebook page. But um, Jesus taught that he wanted his house to be a house of prayer. If you think you're going to have to be perfect before God will use you... To, to be a part of his prayer team, you're going to be waiting a long time until you die and go to heaven because it's just not going to happen on this side of glory. But you're called now to pray. We have to believe that our prayers matter. Our prayers do, some, do things. John Wesley once said, it seems God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. And this is not a theological statement. He said it seems like it, but it does seem like way. That God, not that he that he cannot, But he doesn't do stuff for people unless we ask. He wants us to pray. And part of us praying is believing God. Amen? Believe in him. So, what is prayer? Prayer is our spiritual communication with God. And it involves both speaking or talking, it involves listening. Uh, Prayer was never intended to be a monologue where we just like, wah, 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 and just, God, give me this, give me this, and just on, 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 you know. And it's meant to be a dialogue where you're talking to the Father, He's talking back to you, you're taking time to listen, He's taking time to listen, you're communicating one one with another. We have to actually believe that when we're spending time in prayer, you're spending time with God. It's not just a closet or your bedroom or the door shut or whatever, it's spending time with the Lord. And I think one of the reasons why people don't enjoy prayer as much as they should is they They talk, 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 and they think because their long time they spent in prayer or their many words that God's going to hear them. You see, I prayed for an hour today. So God's got to honor that. That's an hour. That's a long time. Is it really a long time? We can watch football for three, right? I'm just saying, it starts today. Um, But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach that He hears us because of our prayer, our length of prayer. In Matthew 6, 7, it says this, And when you pray... Do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. You're not heard because of your many words. You're heard because God loves you. Do you hear me? You're not heard. If you could fast 40 days and 40 nights like Moses did, like Jesus did, you're not going to be heard any more than you're heard right now. Now You might hear him better than you did before, but he's not going to hear you any better. Amen? The length of time you pray and repeat certain phrases is not a guarantee for answer prayer, nor is sending our prayer requests out on prayer chains. I'm not against prayer chains. We have one. I want to keep using it, but it's not, it's not like it's this good luck charm. We send our prayer requests out to enough people, enough places in this county, in this country, in this state, whatever, enough people that we're going to get the desired results we want. Amen. Uh, again, don't get me wrong, prayer chains are good, but we, we, uh, we can send them to the whole world. But if faith is not involved in our prayer, nothing is going to happen. God is pleased by faith alone. Faith pleases God, amen? So we can send it to 100 people, you can send it to 1,000 people, or you can just pray yourself sometimes with faith in what you're praying for, knowing that he heard you, and you know that if he heard you, the Bible says, you know you have what you've asked for in prayer. We, what we, why we doubt is we, start, we get disappointed. We look on our back track record. that might not be good. And think, well, he didn't hear me. Well, I'm not holy enough. I'm not good enough. He didn't hear me. No, you are the righteous of God through Christ. You are as holy now in your spirit, man, as you're ever going to be if you're born again. Amen. Yeah. Now, I'm telling you, if you believe that and really get rid of the doubt and unbelief, the hurts, the disappointments that, we, that they shared last week, It's going to change how you pray. It's going to change your expectations when you pray. Because the Bible says that if you know that he heard you, you have already received what you asked for in prayer. You already have it. You already have it. So uh, I think that could change our joy level when we pray. Amen. Do you know that God wants you to have joy when you pray? That we don't have to look like we're passing a kidney stone when we're we're praying. Like, oh God, oh God, do something quick or I'm going to die or whatever. He's he's raising sons and daughters, not beggars. We're not beggars. We're sons and daughters with kingdom authority. Kingdom authority, kingdom clothing and armor. But um, there's another thing Jesus said in Matthew 6, 5, about prayer. He says, when you pray you shall not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men assuredly I say to you they have received the reward in full so there's certain people that they love to pray at church meetings or in big public settings because they want to have the microphone they want to be seen by the people there's something perverted about their heart you've met them okay you've met them I hope it's not you <laughs> praise God if it is you can pray and ask God to set you free from that we don't want to be prayed to, we don't want to have prayer to look righteous before men we want to have prayer to receive what we've asked for in prayer we want to have prayer communication with God I mean that's not the goal of looking good for people and that's what they all they get they're like well that guy's really righteous You hear how long he prayed that guy's a righteous guy that lady's a righteous guy not necessarily their face not in Jesus amen these types of prayers have one thing in common. The person prayer is, praying is disconnected from God, and the person praying does not really know God. They don't know God. And they, they, don't know the, uh, they don't know the God they're praying to, and they do not know the word or what prayer is supposed to look like. Prayer, for them, has become a ritual to help prevent bad luck. Well, I better pray or something bad might happen to me. I better pray or God's going to punish me. And God becomes this genie, this magical charm type thing instead of this relationship with God. It's a relationship, amen? Or they pray this prayer in a way of trying to keep an angry God happy. Well, I better pray today or he might punish me. I was uh, been doing some work in the attic. Uh, we're renovating there and doing some things. And I was talking to one of the guys that was working up there. And um, he, he said, oh yeah, I remember I got a word of knowledge for him having pain in, around his chest area. So I went to him and I asked him if he had pain, and he did, prayed for him, and God touched him. And um, he said something like, it's a good thing you uh, obeyed the prompt of the spirit, or God will get you. And I was like, God's already got me, man. I don't know what you're talking about, but he's already got me as much as he's going to get me. All right, But they had this mentality that if you don't do something the way God Exactly the way God wants you to do it. He's going to get you. He's going to punish you. He's going to beat you with a stick or something. And man, why would we ever want to pray when it's that's what's on the line? Oh my gosh, if I'd rather not do it at all than do it wrong because He's going to beat me. That's not your Father. That's perversion. That's perversion. That's not your God. So, uh, and if if they uh, they also pray. If they if they're praying this way and they're thinking these thoughts like that, and then if they get they happen to get a prayer answered along the way, they're like, well, that's just an extra bonus, just like an extra bonus. But that's not prayer. A prayer is supposed to be intended. Amen. God didn't make all these promises in the Bible for us just to hope. Our, our knock on wood. Oh, I got. All this, oh, it's going to happen. That's foolishness. This is not superstition. This is, not, this is God Almighty's word that he's promised to his children. It's his word. And it says in 1 John 5, this is the confidence that we have in him. Not in yourself. It's in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Which implies he ignores some other things that we pray that aren't his will. Do you see that? I think that's on the screen. Um, and if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Amen. You have it. He's saying the answer is yes before you ask. Amen. Are you here? Check your pulse. Okay. Are you here? Come on. Do you understand what I'm telling you? I need to read it again. Okay. If you need to slap somebody to help them wake up, uh, start with yourself. But, uh, <laughs> but listen. Listen. It says here, this is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears you when you pray. He hears me when we pray, and I pray. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Now, either this is true or God is a liar. But your disappointments, your heart pain, your past uh, Success or failure in prayer is perverting the gospel of how you see it and read it. It's hindering how you pray. Like, well, I'm not going to pray for that. That would that would never happen. That could never happen. God couldn't give me a raise. God couldn't give me a promotion. God couldn't do this. God could do that. Do you know God? Who are you praying to? Because it's not the God of the Bible when we think like that. Amen. So, prayer is one of the major ways we develop our relationship with God. And it's not that that he doesn't know us, but we don't really know him. Reading a book, reading the Bible is very good. It's highly encouraged. You should read your Bible as often as you can. But you also have to spend time fellowshipping with the Lord and getting to know him. What is he like? What's the author like? What did he mean when he said that? Why did he promise that? But I haven't seen that in my life. You know, you can say that to God. He's not going to be offended. You say, God, here's your promise. But I don't see that in my life. How come? And guess what? He can teach you, and he can help you with that. So um, we get to know him from prayer and through reading the Bible. So we will begin to enjoy prayer more when we realize that God is actually speaking when we pray. He's listening, and he's speaking. We'll enjoy prayer more when we listen to him, and we'll enjoy prayer more when we start keeping a prayer journal. A prayer journal where you write down some of your prayer requests and you check off a box with a date by it when that prayer was answered. If you're not believing for something specific, guess what you're going to receive? How are you going to know when God answered that prayer if you just prayed it when you're half asleep, like, darn morning, God, uh, help this day go good. Amen. Well, how are you going to know if the day went good or not? What's, what's good? What does that mean? It's so vague, it could be anything. But when you pray specifically... Ask God. Write them down. If it's, if it's important enough to write it down, it's important enough to believe for. I'm believing God for this family member to get saved. Date it, whatever. Pray over it. Thank God for it. I'm believing God for this to shift in my life. This to change my life. This to change at work. This to shift. Okay, we're not in this life alone. Jesus said, I didn't leave you as an orphan. I'll come to you. I'm going to help you. Amen? So... Do you know, again, do you know you should have joy in your prayer life? Joy. You can smile while you pray. It's not a rule that you can't do that. You've probably been to some prayer meetings that look very, very serious. And the more serious you look, the more spiritual you must be. But Jesus said in John sixteen twenty four, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be full. Okay, this is the God of the universe, the God of everything that tells you you want to have your joy full, pray, believe you received it, and you're going to have it, and your joy will be full. We have to pray, again, specifically, write it down and check the box by it when it's answered. You know how many prayer requests you've prayed that God's answered and we haven't even said thank you for? We're like the ten, ten leopards, only one came back. You know why you, you, you forgot? Because you didn't write it down. We pray probably, who knows, possibly hundreds of things a day. So I want encourage you to write it down, and you'll have a testimony when you go to share with somebody what God did for you. Amen? So what does the Bible say about prayer? I'm going to show you a few verses here. James five sixteen says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This is one of the reasons why the devil doesn't want you to pray. If you are in Christ, like I said a minute ago, you are now the righteous of God in Christ through him. He did that. That means your prayers are powerful and effective. Your prayers are just as powerful and effective as mine. You just have to believe them. You have to believe in him who you're praying to. Amen? So your prayers are powerful and effective, and they are powerfully effective not because of you, but because God lives in you. Amen. God's for you, not against you. And that's why he said in 1 Thessalonians 5:17, to pray without ceasing. Amen. Because your prayers are powerful and effective. We can look at society, we look at situations, just grumbling, plain, oh man, here we go again. Or we can do something about it in faith and prayer. Amen. Amen. So this 1 Thessalonians 5:17, it said. Pray without ceasing means we should be in constant communication with God and constantly be aware of His presence in our lives. Not just on Sunday, not just during the worship when you're playing your favorite song and you feel God's presence, but constantly aware of His presence. We're so, I think so much of church has looked like uh, the sin message every Sunday. We're so consciously aware of our sin, but we're not consciously aware of our spiritual condition in Christ that we're now the righteous of God in Him. And now it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So you can't walk through life, you're walking throughout the day, and you're like, God's in me. God's in me. What do you want to do today, God? What do you want to do? You can come up to a hopeless situation. Oh man, God, you're an expert at this. What do you want to do? Just totally change your perspective of hopelessness into faith. Amen? Think of the life of Jesus. Isn't that what he did everywhere he went? Everywhere he went. So let me show you a few more verses on prayer. Luke 18.1, uh, it says that he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, or not become disappointed, discouraged, defeated, quit. In the Amplified Version, it says this. Jesus told them in a parable to, to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. Do you know why that's in the Bible? Because we do it. We turn coward. We turn faint. We lose heart and we give up because we prayed for a week for something. It didn't happen. We prayed for a month for something or an hour for something or 30 minutes for something, 30 seconds for something. It didn't happen instantly. And then we give up. We're like, ah, who am I kidding? God's not listening to me. God doesn't care about what I'm praying about. And you know what that voice is? That's not your voice, okay? You might be in agreement with that voice. That is the voice of the accuser who accuses you and God 24-7 as much as we listen to him. Your prayers are powerful and effective, period. You have to deal with your flesh in the area of if you believe your prayers are powerful, effective or not. If you're going to give up, cave in and quit. I love this story. I posted on Facebook. I saw another guy's post and I shared it. Uh, about George Mueller, how he had five friends in his life that he was believing God for their salvation. And he prayed for the first one. It was like a year or so, and the first one got saved. And then the other one was a few years later, that one got saved. So on all the way till he, he was close to dying and his fourth friend got saved. And in his, at, his after, at his funeral, his fifth friend got saved. You know how long he prayed for that fifth friend? 65 years. He didn't get, give up he didn't cave in and quit. Even after his death, then the guy was saved. If you want a model of prayer life, you read some things of George Mueller, and that guy's story is absolutely amazing. He did not live for himself. He lived for someone else and believed God daily for the needs of children and all kinds of money needs and things for his staff. He was believing God for what would be equivalent to like a, a million dollars a month back then, in today's money. And God provided every time. It said for seven-year period, he only had enough for three days of resources at a time. For seven years. Okay? Another verse about prayer. Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So it says here, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So, the context of this is putting on the armor of God. That was the previous verses of this. So, the entire reason for putting on the armor of God is to prepare your hearts to pray. It's for prayer, it's to pray. Amen? So, now those are three verses saying we're supposed to pray without ceasing, pray and not, don't stop. So, does this mean we're supposed to quit our jobs and go home and just stay in your house and pray 24 7 every day? No, you can't do that. God called us to work. He said, he who doesn't work shouldn't eat, right? So he's, he wants us to work, but we need to have an attitude of prayer. We need to have a posture in our heart of constantly taking our issues, our concerns to the Lord, uh, a place where we pray and fellowship and have communion with God every day, all day long, throughout the day. You can be in the shower and be praying. Have you done it? If you haven't, try it, Okay. All right, you can pray while you're driving down the road. You can pray while you're taking a test in school. Oh, God, help me remember these answers. And by the grace of God, if you studied some, he'll do it. The word says he'll bring all things to your remembrance. Amen, he does. So um, you can do it uh, anytime you want to. You can pray hunting, fishing, whatever you can pray, anytime, cooking, cleaning, whatever you're doing. Because right now we have 24-hour access to God because of Jesus That's how we can pray without ceasing. It's not kneeling and coming to the altar for 24 hours a day, even though there's nothing wrong with having time set aside for prayer, but it's constantly being conscious of God in you and giving these requests to the Lord. So going back to the previous verse, Ephesians 6.18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So again, praying the Spirit on all occasions. That can be in English or tongues. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And it, it says there, with all kinds of prayers and requests. Not all your prayers are the same. Not every situation we're supposed to pray for in the exact same way. There's many different types of prayers listed in the Bible. All right, I'm going to share some of these with you guys. The first one I want to say is James 5.15, the prayer of faith. It says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick... The Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. That's a prayer of faith, okay? There's also the prayer of agreement in Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you, on, two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Do you see a pattern here of these verses? Anything, everything, pray, believe, you receive. Here, you only need two people. The prayer of agreement. Two people can agree on it. On earth, touching and agreeing. They'll have what they ask for in prayer. Okay? now it doesn't mean it's going to come by lunchtime. It might take a while for some of these things to come to pass. But you have it. You have it. Amen? How about praying the the unknown will of God? When you don't know what the will of God is for a certain situation. Not every situation you face in life is in the Bible. A lot of them are, but not all of them are, are not. So, Romans 8, 26 covers this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to. We can hope we think what the will of God is, but we don't know sometimes. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There's an intercession, a prayer you can get to in the Spirit, where the Spirit actually prays through you. You can pray in tongues for a situation you don't know the will of God for. God, I don't know what you want to do in this situation. You know, they never prayed in tongues, really, before Acts 2. It was a gift God poured out. And this is one of the reasons why he poured it out. So you don't know how to pray as you ought to, take it to God, go to your room, close the door, pray. Pray in the spirit over that family member, over the situation, and you'll just know when it's time to stop. I could tell you two really cool stories about that, but I don't have time today. I'll tell you another. Put it in my book. You can find them. But um, how Also, there's praying the known will of God, by praying the scriptures. You want to know another way to pray the perfect will of God? Pray the scriptures. Find some verses and turn it into a prayer. I thank God this. I thank God that. There's, his promises is in the Bible. His will is his word. His word is his will. And so if you find a promise in God's word, take it, apply it to your life, and turn it into a prayer. Because He says if, if he knows he heard you, He said if he hears you, it's if you're praying according to his will. So if you're not sure, find some scriptures that you know are according to his will and then pray those scriptures. Amen. Then you're going to know you'll receive you have what you have for prayer. So example of that would be Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can say that. But you can also turn it into a prayer. You're feeling weak. You're feeling a little run down. You're like, my thank you, God, you strengthen me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthen me. You can be on the job. You can be anywhere you're doing You can be cutting down a tree or doing whatever you do. And in that moment, you say, I thank you, God. You strengthen me. You strengthen me. And just don't think. It's it's not just a scripture. It's the word of God. It's what he really does. He'll really strengthen you. Amen? I remember Kenneth Hagin telling a story about that. He worked in a peach tree uh, farm. And he was just healed of his heart issue and other things he had going on. But he was still really young and very weak. And he was doing, working with trees. And Jordan did that the other day, working with a guy doing trees. For, he got off at 7. It's, it's hard work, digging up trees and then replanting them somewhere else. And it's really hard. And so it's, he's working in, uh, where is he from? Texas, yeah, Texas. And you know how it's really hot in Texas. He's working there in the summer. He's pulling these peach trees out of the guy and replanting them somewhere else. And all the other guys his age were quitting he was quoting the word while he was working. God, I thank you strengthened me. You strengthened me. And he did, amen. amen. Another type of prayer is intercession pr- prayer, where you stand in the gap for other people. There's a prayer of praise and worship, where you sing songs, hymns and spiritual songs from our heart. There's a prayer of petition or supplication. There's a prayer of thanksgiving, there's a prayer of binding and loosing, and there's other spiritual warfare type prayers. There's lots of different kinds of prayer. You can't just say the Lord's prayer in every situation. Amen? Okay. So um, we are called to pray, and we are called to be a people and a house of prayer. Um, In the Bible, we also see examples of private prayer and corporate prayer, and the Bible endorses both. Okay, endorses both. We see this in Jesus' life. He went on a 40-day fast. He was all by himself, praying for 40 days, and he's praying, and his ministry started after that time. In Jesus often, on his busy days after ministry, he was healing the sick, preaching all these places. He traveled, walking for miles. Often after that time, he withdrew to a solitary place to pray. Luke five sixteen says this, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So he's, he's showing us we need times to be alone with God in prayer. Jesus also said in Matthew 6, 6, When you pray, go into your room, And when you've shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. Where is he? Did you see that? Pray to your father who is in the secret place. He's there. He's waiting for you there. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I just love that. So he he tells us we need to go to our room or your place of prayer. Shut the door so you're not distracted. People don't come in. They know you're praying. And your father, God, is going to meet with you there. Amen. What a promise. I think that's awesome. We're also called to corporate prayer. In Acts 2, 120 gathered in the upper room and they prayed. And they didn't just pray for a little bit. They prayed for 10 days. We don't know how many breaks they took or whatever, but over the course of 10 days they prayed. And that 10-day prayer mean changed the world. It changed the church. It changed. It's still changing the world. The Holy Spirit was poured out. They were filled the Spirit. They went from being scared with the doors locked to breaking open the windows and Peter preaching a sermon out of the window and 3,000 people getting saved. But it started with prayer. Every revival meeting you've ever read about in any church history books all started with prayer. People humbling themselves and praying, sacrificing their own time, their own energy, their own things they'd maybe rather be doing because sometimes prayer is a denial of your flesh. And they pressed in and they prayed and, and God moved and things broke out. Are we going to be that people that will lay down what we want, what our flesh wants sometimes, and lay down our life to pray for other people that don't know Christ yet? Or they know Christ, but they're still in bondage to other things or addictions or struggles and need to be free. Another example is in Acts 12. In Acts 12, Peter was locked in prison with four squads of soldiers watching him. It looked like a hopeless situation. James, a brother of John, had already been killed with a sword. And Peter was set to be killed after the Passover, which was just in another day or so. In Acts 12, verse 5, it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Just before Herod made the call to send the guards to go get Peter and take him to have him killed, an angel shows up, wakes Peter up, his chains fall off his wrists and ankles. Boom. He walks past the first squad of soldiers. Then the next squad of soldiers gets to this big iron gate that's locked. As they walk to it, the gate says, opened on its own. And then they walk out past there, and, and Peter realized after, hey, I'm not dreaming. I'm really, I really escaped prison. He goes and finds the house of the people that are praying for him. And here's, here's what happens. We'll pick this up in verse 12. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. They were gathered together praying for Peter. They didn't want him to die. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came and answered. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself, or you are crazy. You're out of your mind. Yes, she, yet she kept insisting that he was so. So they said, it is they said, it is his angel. Now, I don't know if our angels look like us or why they said that or what, but they said, it's not Peter, it must be his angel. So you can clearly see how much faith they had in the situation, right? They, the girl says he's there. No, he's not there. You're out of your mind. It must be his angel. Then Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him, and they were astonished. So it says there are many were gathered at their house to pray. We don't know how many, but there was many. They didn't let the discouraging, troubling situations of of James dying, of other people being killed, Stephen being stoned, all the other things that happened, Jesus dying and being resurrected. They didn't let the struggles, the challenges that were going through at their time stop them and discourage them from praying. They constantly met together, and they prayed. And they prayed, and God answered. So, guys, it's time for us as a church to gather together again and pray. We've done many types of prayer in the past. We had we had we used to have 24-hour prayer here going on on the weekends of our healing services. We did that for a few years. We had pre-service prayer for many years before Sunday school and before the worship team got here. We'd have people praying in here for an hour or more. Um, we did midweek prayer different times. We, all, we currently now have prayer in our life groups. We have prayer in Sunday school. We have prayer... In um, the ladies, we have some ladies that are part of an intercession group that come and pray in the bell tower room there. They also meet sometimes weekly in their homes or at the church to pray. And you're invited to join them sometimes if you want to. But um, I want to encourage us that we need to pray. We need to pray alone, but we also need to pray together, okay? So I want to, we're, we're praying tonight for sure in the meeting. Well, I want to start something new. I haven't tried this before. I want to try to start this prayer meeting online with you guys that can join you don't have to drive to church you can be online and I'm going to start doing that this week I have a book that I bought my friend Mo digs in Roanoke not Roanoke he's in Maryland now but um, it's called Pray the Word for Your Church by T.C.L. King I don't know if any of you have read read it before you can get a copy on Amazon if you want but just has different scripture verses to pray and speak blessing over our church, over our church people, over our families, over in such, certain situations, and that. And I'm going to start this Zoom call on Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. Now, some of you don't like 6 a.m., but it's better than 5 a.m. Okay. So, but we uh, we have to have a time to pray. It's before school starts, before most of you guys go to work. So. Um, if it lasts for 15 minutes, if it lasts an hour, won't let it go more than an hour because then we have to get to work, at the driver kids to school, things like that. But we need to have time to pray together. How can I pray for you if I don't even know what you're going through? How, how can you pray for me if you don't know what I'm going through? And on that Zoom call, you, you don't have to be an expert on computers. Do you, Claire? Claire joined us many times through Zoom. You can use your computer. You can use your tablet. You can use your, uh, your cell phone. You can also use your home phone. You don't have to be an expert computer person. You just call this number. I'll send it to you, and you can join in, and we'll pray together and pray as a family. Uh, My friend Mo has been doing this for a while. They actually started another one. This is called 31 Days of Prayer and Seeking God's Face or Purpose and Power. They met every day for 31 days online and prayed together. And it started small, and now they have over 30 coming online and praying. And he also told me that his church felt very disconnected uh, after COVID, because we couldn't meet together for a while. And they had it way more strict than we did. He lives about 45 minutes from D.C. But through prayer, the connection is coming back. Through prayer and us talking together. And what are you going through? What verses are you standing on? What is, What's going on in your life? How can we pray for your family? Through prayer, their church is coming back together. And through prayer, our church is going to come back together and stronger than ever as well. This isn't the only way we're going to pray. We're going to pray in person. We're going to pray like we are tonight. We're going to... Have prayer in your life groups and things like that. But I'm going to do this. The time can change. The date can change. And more people can meet at a different time. But I, I've tried different things. And it's sometimes just hard to get people together to pray. It's hard to get people together for the picnic. You know, it's, because everybody's scheduled. It, it isn't just prayer. If I'm going to start this this Wednesday. at 6 a.m. I'll send you guys a link. If you can join. Join if you can't. No condemnation. But it's time to pray. We have to believe that our prayers matter. Our prayers are making a difference in our country, in elections, in our church, in our communities, in families, and people like Holly met at, at, at the fair, people that you know. If if our prayers don't matter, then what are we doing on this planet? Why are we even here? If if we're if, if nothing we do matters, it's just Kesarasara, whatever we whatever will be will be. God's gonna set it all sovereignly picked out, it's already done for us. Why are we even why even bother? That's This That's not a recipe for happy thoughts. (laughs) Amen. So I'm going to ask you guys to join us tonight, 6.30 here at church. I'm going to ask you to join me, if you can, Wednesday morning at 6. And we're going to pray together, okay? You can buy this book on Amazon. Again, pray the word for your church. I don't know, it's T-I-E-C-E, however you say it, T I C King. And um, we're going to believe God for things to change. If you need to take care of your disappointed heart, We can do that together. Amen? If you need to take care of your offended heart, we can help do that together. But we're going to grow better together as a family. You're not called to walk this world alone. You're not called to be a lone ranger and just do things yourself. We're called to be together and to pray together and be a family. Amen? So I want to ask you guys to pray. I want to pray a blessing on you. I believe that's one of the reasons why, one of the reasons why, we felt God's presence so strong today in, a, in an unusual way, is I believe God's stirring our hearts to pray. Returning to our first love, returning to the thing that moves God's heart is not our needs. It's our faith in Him. It's our faith in Him. Amen. We guys stand? The truth is um, we need each other a lot more than we realize sometimes. And we think it's being strong or we're just all independent and doing everything ourselves and I can fix this and I can do that and I can do that, I can, I can, do, I can. I can. And you know what, we are amazing people. We can do a lot of stuff, but you're going to carry a lot of stress with you too. You are wired and designed by your Father to work inside of community with people, being vulnerable, being honest, and knowing that you're not going to be rejected because you're, you're in a house of grace. When you're not in a house of grace, and you're honest and vulnerable people, they're going to gossip, they're going to slander, they're going to tell the neighbors what you told them, and they're going to share your stuff. And psh, 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 psh. but when you're in a house of grace, you're going to come under the arms of people that love you and care for you, and say, "Let's believe God for that to change in your life. Let's believe God for this to shift. You're not in a hopeless situation." You're not locked up in prison like Peter was with four squads of soldiers watching him with chained and everything else. You're not like that, amen? Your situation might feel that way, but that's not where you are. But even if you are in that situation, the church gathered together constantly in prayer and Peter was set free. You know, some of you guys ever read The Heavenly Man? Amazing book of powerful testimonies and stories. Well, that guy, when he first got saved, I can't think of his name right now, but when he first got saved, he came to his, uh, he, he didn't know anybody, didn't know any pastors. He found a pastor, knocked on his door. He's an Asian person. I can't remember if it's China or Japan, but he's somewhere in Asia. Is China. And so he comes to this pastor, knocks on the door. He says, I need a Bible. And the guy's like, okay. Pray and believe God for your Bible. And he closes the door. And he thought, what a, that, that pastor doesn't have a heart. He did have a heart. He's discipling him. He's teaching him. So he prayed for a week, came back later he said, I need a Bible. He goes, you're not praying hard enough. If you really want it, God's going to get it to you. So he prayed harder and he prayed longer and and whatever he did. And then one day in the mail, someone came to his house and hand gave him a Bible. He was discipling him. He wasn't rejecting him. He was teaching him how to receive from God through prayer. But it has to be something we really want. And then from there, that man, that one lesson of his Bible led to all of his crazy stories in his life of escaping prison like Peter did. Um, all the different things that happened in his life, but it started by that pastor looking like he was hard on him, looking he was rejecting him, but he was really teaching him something. Yeah. Amen. Amen? So I'm going to pray, God, make us one, as you and the Father are one, make us one, that the world will know that you are God. Help us to love one another, to trust one another with our weaknesses, our faults, our failures, with our strengths, God, I pray you'd help us to come together and pray. We'd be like those people in the Bible that you invited to a banquet, but they were too busy with doing this and doing that and going here, going there. But God, we'd have time and we'd make time. We'd say no to something else sometimes, sometimes to sleep, sometimes to this or that or whatever. We'd say no to something else and yes to you not because we're fearful of what each other's gonna think if they don't show up, but because we believe that our prayers are powerful, full of power, and effective to change culture, to change our lives, to change our families, change our marriages, change our homes. Your pow- your word and prayer has power to change everything. And God, I pray you'd help us have our motives right, not to pray to be seen by men, not to show up in the Zoom call to be seen by men, but to come and pray and believe you, God, for, again, for things to change. God, I bless your people. I thank you for each one of them. And I pray you'd stir all of our hearts again to pray, that we would humble ourselves and pray and turn from our selfish, wicked ways. Then you'd hear from heaven, and you'll heal our land. God, our land needs healing. This globe needs healing. This globe needs a move of God. Yes. And let it begin with the house of God. Yes. Humbling ourselves. Going before you, we don't have all the answers. We don't, there's complicated situations in life. Complicated situations in government. We don't have all the answers. But we know the one who does. Let our faith arise I pray for disappointment and discouragement to be removed from our hearts. And we like a brand new kickstart of our prayer life again. That we believe, like your word said, believe we have received it and we have it. That our joy will be full. In Jesus' name, amen.